This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Yeah, I can't, can't, can't wait to get into the schlup date part. Um, who gets <laughs> to make that joke is the question. And will it be lessened by the fact we've now said it a couple of times and it's, you know. Uh, the listeners are going to love it. You reckon? Yeah. How many emails do you think you're going to get about it? Or, or <laughs> DMs? I reckon more than, than we would get if we'd put in the listeners of prick stuff from last week. Yeah, well, we didn't put that in. I oh, I don't know. I haven't actually listened to it back. Did we put it no, in? No, I can't, I can't remember. I, I don't think, I think we did. I think I removed that bit. Mike it seemed may have a bit offensive. Oh, my dear. You reckon a bit offensive? <laughs> Did I go too far again? Yeah. Well, shame. You know, sometimes you just don't know, do you, when you judge these things? Um, but fair enough. Alexa, play back of the nest podcast. Playing back of the nest CPFC podcast from Amazon Music. Back of the nest now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to Back of the Nest. It's the match report. I'm Chris Hambling, and I'm joined today by Chris Clark and Cara Skipper to look back at a fantastic Palace win, right? So, um, and then it says in the document to chat bollocks for a bit. Um, so I think we'll do that, shall we? So, look, I know everybody's on tenterhooks from last week, uh, and you're all after an update about the cat, aren't you? That's the thing. That's what, you, what you're here for. You're here for the cat-based updates. Well, I can tell you now that uh, young Wesley the cat is in the same room as me, uh, currently staring me down. He yawned in my face uh, just as I was talking. So that's the kind of contempt he's still showing for me. But, you know, the, the truth is, you know, what you said last week, Cara, about, you know, broadly accepting the hatred. Uh, and then what producer Sam followed up with in our chat, which was to, um, you know, the way to their heart is always food. That really has worked a treat. And he's he's been quite an affectionate little chap. Current cat hates him, though. That's the next... That's the next uh, problem to to overcome. So again, any suggestions on how to stop our current cat from uh, beating up the new cat would be uh, much appreciated. You'll never stop that. That's just the way. You, that's your life now, Hambo. I'm afraid. Is it? Yeah, that's cat life. Welcome to it. You'll, you'll enjoy it over time. Yeah, I feel like I've made a terrible mistake here. It's just like any siblings, isn't it, really? I feel yeah. like, you know, until we all become adults, just, just fight. That's what sibling it's love true. is at a certain age. It is true. And as a, as a middle, middle child, you know, I, 
I, I did my fair share of that. But, you know, um, I don't know. It, it feels like I, I made a very conscious decision in my life. that I wasn't a, a massive fan of the responsibility of children. And now it feels like I have three furry children with two cats and a dog. I mean, the dog's downstairs having just attempted to bite the ankles of a, a house guest, you know. Um, what can you do, eh? What have I done with my life? That's the question. And, uh, that is that is still better than if you had a child that attempted to bite the ankles of a house guest, though, I think. So I think you're still winning. True. Talking about people who bit ankles as a child. Chris, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, not, not, not too bad. I mean, some people might still call me an ankle biter, but cause I'm, not, I'm not massive as, as a chap, um, at least not um, vertically. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm all right. Um, thank you. I'm feeling pretty chipper after after a good day yesterday. Um, yeah, you know, managed to make it to the game, which is always um, nice an achievement. Considering, you know, we had the difficulties, of course, of um, the uh, industrial action taking place on the trains. Um, you know, entirely yeah. justified, as we all know. But um, at the same time, I know I met one one chap who listens. Uh, a very nice guy called James, who said he'd had to travel all the way from Norwich. Um, you know, supported the action, but um, had had a difficult day, but made it and enjoyed it. Um, and you know, so well done, James, and everyone who made it to the game yesterday, despite the difficulties. Um, you know, yeah, it was a good day, as we're going to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I think that's you know, it's a good point. It, well, it dis- does make things difficult, and I have to say, from my perspective as well, like if you've already got a big challenge ahead of you <laughs> in terms of you know a variety of things going on, and then you have to deal with the the transport issue and the increased traffic that that generates and things like that, it, you know, it did, it did make it frankly impossible for me. So, um, you know, it, the, these things happen. Um, and, and, you know, obviously next time out, uh, the next time games, Brentford on a Tuesday night, isn't it? So, um, hopefully that one will be, uh, plain sailing in terms of getting to that for sure. But, um, no, it's, um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a wonderful game and, you know, before we before we get into that, I just you know, Carl, are you been up to anything exciting this week? Because I mean, I've got some further excitement to come. But um, rather than talk just about myself in this intro, I was trying to see what else others had. Um, well, I'm fully. So you might remember from last week that I'd been on bridesmaid duties, picking up uh, my friend's wedding dress. Um, so we are now a week out from the wedding, and it's in Austria. So I'll be flying off on Wednesday. Um, so. I had a few bits to pick up, so I just, uh, after watching the Palace women's game today, I had to nip into Bromley, just and pick up some shoes and some other bits, was there any things left on my list, um, but ended up seeing a dress that I liked more than the one that I currently have and bought that, <laughs> which has now thrown out everything else that I bought to go with the original dress, because they're two completely different colours, so... Yeah. I'm very happy with the new dress, but also caused myself quite a lot of stress for the next couple of days, sorting that out, but... Um, yeah, I mean that's spectacular, and it, it literally it's it sounds exactly like a conversation I pretty much have on a daily basis with my partner um, <laughs> around around you know if I buy this thing then I need these twelve things. Chris, well, talking of buying things, I mean, luckily I'm not in a position of needing to fit into a bridesmaid's dress or any other kind of dress, but yeah. um, I have recently bought a uh, bread maker. And I've been uh, playing around with that. Uh, turns out that the amount of water you put in is really, really crucial. Um, and I've just about got that right now, um, having had some disastrous attempts early on. Um, so this morning's breakfast was eggy bread um, made with the bread that I'd made. And you know, yeah. I'm feeling pretty damn proud of that. 
I'm really impressed. Although you can sell someone's class by the diff when they say eggy bread and not French toast, I find uh, one of the ways. It's basically like that things people say at Waitrose thing, isn't it? You can tell if someone shops at Waitrose or <laughs> or Lidl. Um, both of valuable stores. If they want to sponsor us, we're after a sponsor. Surely, um, surely with the uh, old energy bills, nobody shops at Waitrose anymore. Um, I mean. There's an awkward situation here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Do you shop at Waitrose, Ambo? Yeah, and I work for an energy company. So anyway, um, <laughs> let's move swiftly on uh, that situation. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, um, by the way, I, I do want to get into this. I know and we are pushed for time today, but I'm, I have to say, no one will ever find out because it's not like this is a medium where we're broadcasting to loads of people, Cara. We've so also, but we've also got at least half an hour left to talk about anything other than the game. If we yeah, exactly right, so, this example, right? Yeah, yeah. So honestly, right? Your your friend's weddings in Austria. How how do you feel about that? <laughs> um, which aspect of it? I, I feel like this is the leading question, Hambo. Where are you trying I just to? Get mean, you know, when do you know that thing where you know, I, I, you know? Let me let me give an example from my life. My friend uh, Matt. His second wedding, um, his first wedding was was local, and and that was appreciated. <laughs> his second wedding was in Vegas, which for somebody like me is is a very very expensive trip um, due to uh, to certain personality failings. So, you know, I always find that. Uh, so he's you know he's one of my best friends. So I absolutely had to go. I couldn't say no, but you know, obviously, I'm thinking I'm having to spend the best part of you know fifteen hundred quid to get there and stay there uh, uh, and then you've got spending money on top of that so it's it's an imposition you could have just got married down the road i mean it's your second go <laughs> um. <laughs> how long ago was this how long how long have you held on to this bitterness for? Uh, this was in 2018 hey they're <laughs> lovely people so you've got no ill will you're still mad about it yeah, you've got no ill will whatsoever towards somebody, you know, making you be a bridesmaid at a wedding. So you have to go, so, but you have to go to Austria, right? No, literally none. I'm really excited. Is that weird? I thought that I thought that was the normal response. Let me. I am starting to believe you might be somebody who saves money and has budgets. Oh God, no, 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 okay, no. Okay. That might be why I'm not mad about it because I just try not to think about it. Oh, okay, okay. So just do it, just enjoy it, and then if you have to worry about it, well, that'll come, won't it? I thought it was more controversial than that, but you made me feel like it's just me. Chris, thoughts? <laughs> well, that's what credit cards are for, isn't it? It's free money, right? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, someone, someone some... gets married abroad, brilliant, extra holiday. I feel like we need to bring Martin Lewis in here for that bit, Chris. We do. Listen, I, I, can, I can provide some balance here. As somebody who's um, had to be on debt management plans three times in their life, um, that is not what credit cards are for. Ah, just so there you go. Um, Have we got any clips of Martin Lewis we can drop in for that bit just to make sure that we're not leading people astray? I, th- I think we can try. <laughs> Maybe we could get sponsorship from a financial advisor. <laughs> So what I could do with it at least the freebies would be handy. They <laughs> they know way too much about the value of money to sponsor this podcast. Um, but talking of which, if you want to sponsor this podcast, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's well worth it. We're wonderful. Anyway, I think that's more than enough of of 
the um you know chatting the, bollocks the open the chatting bollocks well i don't know because didn't you go didn't you go to a barbecue recently hambo I, I well, I went to a a restaurant to have Korean barbecue. Have you had Korean barbecue? I have not, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that yeah. it's not particularly vegan friendly. Uh uh-uh. no, no. Well, I've had it. It's good. Yeah, right. You, but what's the best thing, Chris, about Korean barbecue? The dogs. Sorry. Uh- <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have to edit that out. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'm, dis- I'm distancing myself from that. Cannot ask Chris Clark a question like that and to get a sense of I can no longer mention the name of this place, even though the, the food that they served was amazing. I can't possibly legally link them to what Chris has just said. So anyway, at this unnamed Reading-based <laughs> Korean barbecue place, what I was saying, Chris, is the best thing about Korean barbecue is that the barbecue is built into your table and you cook it yourself. If is that yeah. not what you had, yeah, or you did? Yeah, I, I did. Um, you just chose just to go in that direction without. Answering. I just couldn't resist the temptation. I mean, some might question the acceptability of that. I mean, you know, um, what's your Twitter handle in case people want to discuss it? <laughs> At Chris Clark CPFC. There you go. At Chris Clark CPFC. The, the vegans friends. Clark, yeah. The views of Chris Clark are not the views of Back of the Nest podcast or any of her, their affiliates. Um, Just he will be making a written apology on release of this pod. <laughs> Just to help out a little bit here, to move huh? it on slightly, I'm still caught on. You went to a restaurant to cook your own food. Uh huh. And they, they, I mean, I suppose to their benefit, they, they didn't include the service charge. They strongly suggested you applied it. But, you know, I gave myself that tip, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, but it's kind of, that's that's the kind of gimmick thing, right? But, so you, you've got to think about the benefits of this. And I have to admit, I forgot about them. And having been to a Korean barbecue before, um, I forgot about this part. So when you order all your food, so you order your appetizers and then the, the different dishes for you to barbecue, Obviously, they don't have to cook it, so it all comes out all at once within about three minutes of you ordering it on loads of different plates. So what you're supposed to really do is there were four of us around around this table, and the ta- quite a lot of table space is taken up by the big circular barbecue in the middle of the table, right? So you're supposed to order a bit to cook and then see how you feel and then order the next bit and then see how you feel like that because it doesn't take long to cook, so it's just slices of meat. But we ordered everything in one go, so they had to bring bring a bunch of stalls over to balance things on and some trays and stuff like that because we're just dumb, dumb people. But um, really good, really recommend it if you have ever got the opportunity to do it. I was going to recommend the specific restaurant, but I don't want to now. Did um, you have to do the washing up as well or just the cooking? I mean, obviously I had to do the washing up because I didn't have any money. So, um, <laughs> but you know, that's just that's just how I, how I roll. No, it is, yeah, genuinely fun. You get, a, you get some tongs. Um, you know, and you get to you get some scissors to cut the stuff that needs to be cut cut into slices. Now I think about it, <laughs> well, they didn't even do the prep. You had to do the prep as well. Some of the prep, yeah. I'm starting to think. About I think it. I think you've been out here, Hambo. I think I might have been disturbing. I anyway, you should name them now. Name and shame. Yeah, the soju in Reading. It was uh, none of it tasted of dog. Just to be clear, it was really really nice. Absolutely top class. Um, you know, quite pricey. They did some wonderful uh, Korean drinks as well. Um, they didn't have my favourite dish, which I always forget the name of, but it's um, 
but it's like raw beef with a raw egg and slices of pear and loads of soy sauce. But whatever that's called, I like that. Shall we talk about some football? So, uh, Cara, Palace women's game today. I didn't see the results, so I'm on tenterhooks. Hit me. <laughs> well, I'll try not to hit you. Um, but yes, we won one nil. It was great. It, uh, first game of the season. Uh, we were away to London City Lionesses, um, playing over in Princes Park in Dartford. Um, expected it to be a tough game. It did. It was a tough game in parts. Um, London City Lionesses are going to be one of the teams pushing for promotion. Um, so it was, as well as being kind of the first game of the season, it was a, a very early, important result to get, I think, um, and was celebrated at the end in that in that fashion. You would have thought we were much further into the, the season with the celebrations that went on at the end. Um, but the first 20 minutes, I'd say, London City Lionesses had the... Um, had the kind of run of the game. They were really strong physically. I think we were kind of bouncing off them a little bit. Um, but then we seemed to kind of settle and uh, get the ball down and, and, and play our game a little bit more for the rest of the first half. Really nerve-wracking final five minutes of the first half where they were um, hitting shots from all over the place. But we managed to, to survive that. Um, came out absolutely on fire in the second half and uh, soon got a goal. Um, Izzy Sibley with the goal, um, following up a, a great strike from Chloe Arthur that was saved. Um, and we, we we were pushing for a second, for sure, um, just didn't quite come. Um, managed to get kind of much better luck getting in behind the defence. Um, so some really, really positive stuff to see um, happening for the first game especially bearing in mind that only four of our starting players today were with Palace last season. Um, the rest were all brand new players and you would not have known it from watching that team that it was, you know, a, a brand new team of people who played all over the place um, up until now. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I, I definitely my like uh, individual favourite player to keep an eye on from the the new new people who've uh, joined as Polly Doran, who's uh, joined us over from Melbourne Victory, uh, over from Australia. Um, and she was absolutely great. She did, she, she got brought off, I don't know, about uh, 75 minutes maybe. And we had to kind of get used to her not being on the field because she was really, really effective up until that point. And she did look like she'd taken a bit of a knock. So I'm hoping that's something that's not going to be um, sticking around because uh, obviously we face... Coventry at home next Saturday, 27th, 7pm. Just getting that in there to make sure that as many of you guys go down as possible. Um, well, yeah. on that, how how well attended was it? You know, that I, I noticed there was a bit of stuff going on in the uh, back of the Nest, Nest WhatsApp group talking about it. I'm just really interested to see the impact of obviously the, the successful England women's team um, campaign and, and, you know, just that level of enthusiasm growing. Uh, what was it like? It was good. I so I I missed the first couple of minutes of the of uh, the match actually because when I've been to Prince's Park once before, my uh, cousin plays for Aldershot Academy and uh, went to see one of his games there. And I thought, oh yeah, parking's not an issue. I'll be absolutely grand. Uh, turned up and I had to park about two roads along because every single parking space in the car park was full um, and roads were absolutely jam packed, just packed with cars. Um, and what was nice was that the majority of fans there were Palace fans, um, loads. And it was a real, when I've been, when I went last season, I only went to home games and it was mostly families, but there were quite a lot of like um, groups of, uh, I don't know, people in their twenties, thirties who were there as like groups of friends, as well as the families, quite a lot of the kind of players, families and stuff. And uh, yeah, Palace just dominated 
dominated the stands really um which was lovely lovely to see and so hopefully go into the the home game um on Saturday that'll be an excuse for a lot more people to get down I think it really does really does make a difference to the the, the buzz of the the game excellent well, hopefully more success to come. Like you say, obviously they were they're they're a fancied team, so to beat them first game of the season really does feel like a, a really strong step in that direction. And and we've seen before, you know, if you get if you've got the right manager in place and the right coaching staff and the right philosophies, you know, you can cope with changing a team massively. Um uh, and in particular, going moving on to the Palace game soon, you can deal with a team being split in pre season as well if you're if you you've got a decent coaching setup and the right people in place but we'll come to that in a little bit because just to touch on what the academy have been up to the under 18s got their first win of the season really impressive 4-0 victory away to Villa two goals from Junior Dixon uh, and one each from Adler Nascimento and Joe Gibbard uh, dominant display never really in any any doubt after that uh, a first half when when three of those goals went in with just a, a single in the second half but strong performance clean sheet can't ask for more than that and yeah big upheaval in that team obviously um with with a lot of the players particularly from last year but a lot of players playing up a bit in the in the 23s um and just yeah just a lot of new names a lot of integration of 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 others it's um it's really good to see that momentum still there um 23s really impressive start to the season um but, uh, but you know, pegged back a little bit by Fulham this time. It was a 2-2 draw. Fulham were 2-0 up. Um, but Palace came back really well. And it was John Kamani Gordon who scored both goals. Really strong finishes as well. You know, one early in the second half and one as the game was sort of winding down to the last 10 minutes or so. Both from similar positions in the box. Um, finished them into the bottom left corner both times. And he was a, a real handful in that game. And, um, and you know, started to start to really come good. He's had a little bit of sort of a taste of the first team environment a while back um, and sort of drifted away again and hadn't heard too much more from him. A couple of injuries, I think, but um, starting to look um, like a real real menace and like he's kicking on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, over the course of this season with him because um, he's, he's amongst the goals already. Um, see how far he can get. But we really have to talk about the Liverpool game. Uh, Liverpool game that we don't. We have to talk about the Aston Villa game. The Liverpool game was last week. Um, what what a game! Um, I will talk with some degree of um, jealousy with, with both Chris and Cara about what was um, what, what felt from from unfortunately having to watch it from home was a you know, one of the all time. Not obviously all time great, but a great Selhurst atmosphere for sure. It, it really got loud. It was rocking. The large parts of the stadium were were really enthused. I know from my my brother in law was there as well as a large number of the people from back of the nest and various other people and friends who are, who are obviously Palace fans and go to the games. All of them kind of left that game just absolutely buzzing. Not just because of the result, you know, results always good, but because the team is playing better than they ever imagined because we try to be realistic you know we look at the the start of the season in terms of the fixtures we look at the upheaval the the up, the fact that the pre-season was so disjointed and we try and be realistic about how it's going to take us a while to be good we thought the same things last year but in, in the third game to produce a performance like that and I know Villa haven't started the season great and 
you know, arguably they, they should be doing better than they are, but we just didn't give them a second. And I think I, I counted maybe two minutes in that whole game, probably a bit more than that if I'm being fair. But, you know, in my mind, it was about two minutes where you could call Villa the better side um, and, and you know, 88 plus injury time for, for Palace being the better side. And it was just so impressive. It was dominant. We dominated possession. We dominated chances. The 1v1s we dominated. There's just every, in every conceivable way, we were far, far better than Villa. And it was nice to see another manager showing a distinct lack of grace and talking about the fact that they could have got a result and that, in fact, you know, sort of hinting that they were unlucky when it's just utter bollocks. They were terrible and we were so much better. The style, the swagger, the, the fact we could have had so many more goals. I absolutely loved it. Fair summary, was that? I'll start with you, actually, Chris, because you're first on my list. Yeah, I think that's a very fair summary. I mean, it was a, a very fulfilling experience to be there. Um, and Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ultimately, I mean, the stats, I've, I've looked back subsequently and the stats tell a different story. They make it look like it was a far closer game than in truth it felt. Um, you know, obviously we'll talk about the action of the game, but the reality was that, as you say, Hambo, you know, we, we conceded early. Um, but after that, we didn't look like losing it. In fact, you know, it was it felt very comfortably like we, you know, deserved to win and, you know, were likely to win. So, yeah, really, really, really satisfied, banging atmosphere. Um, you know, there was nothing to moan about. And, they, you know, that's that's unusual uh, at Selhurst. <laughs> Even when you when the, the team is playing well, there's usually people around you um, bellowing and angry and frustrated about something. Um, even the faces that I'm used to seeing doing that weren't doing that. One of them did a little dance at one stage <laughs> during the game. Uh, it was quite late on. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was um, a special day to be there. Um, looking forward to you know seeing you um, at the ground very soon, Hambo. Um, bring it on. Yes, certainly there for the for the Brentford game without any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, just, a, just a last minute thing for me, unfortunately. But, um, I mean, Cara, anything to add to that? You know, there was, there was nothing to moan about. I mean, in the interest of balance, we're going to try and find some things to comment on that we might be able to improve. Um, you know, look at some player performances, things like that. But in general, you know, anything anything to add, anything to disagree with there? Just just picking up on your point, Hambo, for sure what you saw from a, a distance was was 
what it felt like. It, it just felt from the beginning like a bit of a party atmosphere, to be honest. And I think like sometimes the weather plays into that, doesn't it? Like a Saturday three o'clock kickoff that we all live for, where it feels like we haven't had loads of those towards the end of last season and um, so far this season. So um, yeah, it was just great. It was really, it was a real, real buzz. And even though we obviously conceded first, it didn't really dampen spirits. I don't think Chris Clark will, might disagree with me. Um if I got that wrong, but it just felt like the crowd kicked into action more and was like, all right, yeah, we've got a job to do to make sure we lift the team and and play our part. Everyone just seemed quite positive from the beginning and um, then obviously at the end as well. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think the, the 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 players definitely responded to the crowd and it's worth kind of noting as well that, um, yeah, obviously the, the opening game to the season was, was a home game and as you do, you know, as you'd expect, the, the Palace crowd was was committed, loud, supportive in that game as well. But I just felt like this was an, an, a level above that. And you know, you think about the newer players in the squad, and, and somebody like Decore brings to mind who you know, hadn't experienced that intensity. It had that first game, that little taste of it. But hearing that go up a level, you know, I, I think that's the sort of thing that would have you know, just, just sort of carried him through and, and as he's sort of trying to get up to the pace of the league. And it was well, a spoiler for what I was going to say later. He's, he's one of his, probably his best game in a Palace shirt already. Um, he looked, you know, looked like the player that everyone talked about when we signed. He's always looked good, but he looked, you know, like he's been playing in that mid, midfield for you know three, four seasons uh, against Villa. It was just so assured and so comfortable and confident. And it kind of just bleeds leads through into the team when when the crowd are like that when you know they're they're you know very much against the the you know the negativity of Villa because they had some very negative tactics and they have rotational fouling which we'll talk about later but when the crowd are in the the officials face about that you know it just gives them that extra push to to you know to take that and use it against Villa um, and you know if they continue to play the way they did in those opening few minutes and, and focused on the football and pressing us high, you know, they might've got something out of that game because, you know, we would, we had to probably make a shift around, you know, sort of early in the game to, to kind of deal with that. It was noticeable that we, we moved to kind of stop the overlap from the fullbacks uh, about midway through the first half. There was a, there was a kind of acknowledgement that we were getting exposed both sides. If we weren't careful, you know, one pass could, could kind of cut out, half of our team and, and we just just shifted things slightly in terms of the positioning um so it was you know it was it was a fantastic game and Villa've got no one to blame but themselves however you know the palace crowd made a massive massive difference but look there was a change in the in the lineup it was interesting to to see I, I thought we would I thought we would go back to a back four I think that's our that's our plan A against the majority of the league you know we're not going to show the level of respect we showed to Liverpool in changing out our system to everybody. Maybe we'll see it, you know, at the, at the Man City game next weekend. But you know, this the, the the back four was was expected. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying, Cara, that the the change for Wardy and for Klein was expected. What did you think? Uh, yeah, no, that was that was a bit of a surprise. I think, although it didn't seem to go massively badly um I guess it's just shifting from that five like reducing that um five at the back down I guess you want to have someone who you know you can most of the time rely on that isn't going to worry too much about pressing really far forward but it's just going to do their job at the back like that's that's all I can really offer on that one 
I think I was I wasn't necessarily worried about it but yeah I, I would agree with you that it was a bit of a a bit of a surprise yeah for sure it's you know again I've, I talked about Ward last week and and you know I, I really try very hard not to suggest that I don't think he's worth a, a place in a Premier League team at all um but you know he's certainly one of the one of the, the people I tend to pinpoint and I would say the same about Klein to a point you know it's he's one of the people that I look at and, and see you know we we need to think certainly how we upgrade that area that's that's definitely one point but you know you can I suppose almost flip a coin between the two but for me like you know form wise a lot of people are pointing out to us last week form wise Klein had been really good for for quite a while so the fact he was left on the bench for Ward was a was a shock but you know there would have been both a a tactical reason for it and and indeed a, a, a performance reason for it I'm sure Chris well, Ward's one of those players like James MacArthur who, you know, perhaps looks tired at times, um, like at the start of games, but still looks the same degree of tired at the end of the game, i.e., <laughs> you know, he's actually got a phenomenal amount of endurance. Um, and we've been talking on, you know, ever certainly ever since I came on to this podcast and indeed before when I was listening to it, it was being talked about, was when we were going to upgrade from Wardy. Um, and you know, I mean, he's reaching the later stages of his career, and it feels like you know maybe he'll reach retirement without us ever having found an upgrade. You know that that's that's where it seems to me. So I was you know unsurprised to see him come back into the starting eleven, and I think you know when when that does start to become a more regular transition, it will be you know consensually and on his terms. Seems that way to me. I think he's you know first first name on the team sheet, but then equally. I'm not upset when Klein starts. I think they're both good, solid right backs of a certain age, and you know we've got a. I'm I'm absolutely comfortable with either of them starting. I think it's also like we're, I think we're really used to having only one best player in the squad for each position, and any change is seen as oh, what's gone wrong? Why does that change have to come into play? But I think what we've seen with Vieira so far is that that's not really how he wants the squad to operate and that's also probably if we're um thinking of like how far can we push it this season it's probably not how a team that wants to push on in the league can operate as well like we're we're maybe just moving into a time where there isn't just one best player for each position but we are just going to see more and more of this rotation um and hopefully that gets us through the season better. Hopefully it allows us to push on at parts of the season we've struggled with before because of injury and whatever. So I just wonder whether it's a bit of a change in the way that we look at selections being made for Palaces. It isn't always going to be who's on best form, but like who's best for this game. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's that's kind of the... You're right, that is a change for us. We haven't really been there before. And we you know, we do get stuck talking about best 11s and things like that. And you're right, it always sh- it should change game to game and you know, I suppose with good reason for for quite some time we we were used to seeing people who who did select the same pretty much the same 11 if they could no matter what. And we and you're right, we we have a better squad than that now. It's starting to get attention from from elsewhere in the football world. There's you know, you see a lot of things on social media from fans in general who are saying, oh, you know, wow, Palace have, have really started to build something impressive there. And there's a bit of jealousy coming our way, which, you know, you always worry that little bit about. As soon as we get, you know, that little bit bit cocky about what we have, we uh, we tend to fall apart. 
you know, I can remember, remember that wonderful start to a season we had under Pardew and everyone got really cocky, started talking about Europe and then we absolutely fell to pieces. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen this year. But, you know, you look at the squad we've got, you're quite right. And, you know, when we're talking about the right back position and picking between Joel Ward and, and Nathaniel Klein, absolutely you could be picking a, a, between a, options that were far, far worse than either of them. Um, but I don't think it should stop us looking at our team and saying, you know, this player is good. They've served us really well, but we do have to upgrade. And it's interesting picking up on Chris's point there because the only time Ward really did lose his place was, of course, Aaron Wampasaka um, coming in and, and taking that. And Ward had to be patient. And frankly, it was only because Wampasaka left uh, that Ward got back in that side and, and has called on to play even more games, uh, even more of a, a level than I thought he was capable of. I think he's been fantastic for us. And I think it's 10 years now, isn't it, this year? So um, wonderful, wonderful player for us, wonderful servant for the club. But you have to be brutal and say we still need to probably do something better there. And I always bring it up because, you know, when I look at the team and I look at the way we're starting to play football now and the, how, how it flows, you can't help but be drawn to the areas where it doesn't quite flow. Uh, I know we got some some listener comments on this in, uh, coming up in a bit, so I'll probably, um, uh, you know, come back to it then. But broadly speaking, if you look at what we have in, down the right-hand side at the moment, what we're choosing to select, who we're choosing to play, who we have as options, we don't quite have that same flow as we see down the left quite a lot. Um, and when you see certain players doing a wonderful job, but they're intent, you know, they're, you know, they, they you know, let's take Wardy right back. Invariably, he has kind of two modes when when the ball comes to him on the right hand side, uh, and that's a pass down the line, um, usually high in the air, or he has a pass back to a centre back. Um, whereas you don't really ever see him bomb on, um, you know, kick the ball down the flank, go on the overlap, that kind of stuff. That sort of thing is missing from the game, and that's fine if you build your team around to do that. It's not a weakness as such, but it's a limit of a, a limit of options, and I think we could be watching an even better team if we're able to find an upgrade in there. But let's move on from that. Um, I, look, I think Edward came back into the team and we talked about him last week. So we do have to talk a little bit about his performance this week. And and again, I, I suppose I'll start with you, Chris. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, my perspective talking with Patrick last week as well, as well as Cara, it was, I really want him to do well and I don't want to be writing a player off at all. Um, and my gut says we've got to give him a run of games. We have to give him 10 games playing as a centre forward before we can judge him. But that on that performance, he got, you know, he got a great assist early on, technically assist for, for Wilf early on, uh, got the assist for the disallowed goal, which we'll talk about, you know, generally put an awful lot of effort in, but there were some missed opportunities, some poor hold up play. And, you know, generally speaking, you know, the, even even the commentators of the game were talking about that's the thing that's missing from Palace. We thought we were getting this clinical striker, but he's not it right now. Um, so how many games do we give him? How much of a chance does he get? Well, before and after the game, I was saying he needs a run of at least six starts to give him a fair crack of the whip. Um, I think everything that you've said there, Chris, I, I agree with, frankly, and that, that makes for a really quite a, quite dull podcast, so I'll um, also say <laughs> some extra points. Sorry, um, you're going to disagree with me on the next bit, it's fine. Can't yeah, can't. absolutely. I mean, on this, so the, basically, I mean, 
as, as you say, Edward, he had some good touches in terms of passing the ball to other people, um, especially the, the um, Jeff Schlupp goal that wasn't. Um, but when he got chances himself, he failed to put them away repeatedly. And the contrast couldn't have been clearer uh, when Mateta came on and had one chance and scored immediately. Now, the flip side of that, if you're being generous, is to point out, and I think Kara's made this point in a way earlier, which is football is no longer an 11-person game. You know, you, you don't, your starting 11 is not necessarily your best 11. That is not the point. You you start players to do a role, and then at a different phase in the game, you bring on other players to do a different role. And perhaps that Mateta goal wouldn't have happened. Maybe the defence, um, the Villa defence might have been less tired if they hadn't been under under pressure from Edouard and from Eze and from Zaha in the way that they had been. So it's really difficult to detach the individual from the fact of what was ultimately a very good team performance. We do need to show some patience. I'd give him at least another four Premier League starts and then then let's see. By then, I reckon he'll have opened his account and started to come good. Mm. And it's they're still different tools with different jobs. Ultimately, you know, Mateta's that, very much that finisher Whereas I think for the link-up play, Edward has his place. I still like seeing him cut in from the wing in particular. So I think he has his place in a front three, whether it's you know the target man uh, number nine role, I'm not so sure. But you know we need to give him the chance to demonstrate whether it is or not. I mean, you, you made the point there that, that you know, and you, the way you talked about Mateta getting that goal coming off the bench in part because of the work that, Edward had done in occupying a defence and and working them hard and yeah providing that movement and that energy up top. You, you're quite right, and a lot of people kind of you know we had that discussion about Benteke before. Benteke would do 70 minutes of graft, um, you know, and and then somebody else would come on and everyone would be like, well, why doesn't that guy start? He made so much more of an impact than Benteke. But you're like, it's a different thing. It's a different skill. It's a different you know, um, approach to a game, the game itself changes um, throughout the course of, of, of a match. So it's, you can't really judge things like that. So, you know, you look at Mateta coming off the bench, scoring with what he's, I don't think it was his first touch, maybe his second touch. Um, and he looked so full of energy, but you know, the last couple of games he started, not so much, not, you know, and, and he has to keep being pushed and he has to keep proving himself. And, and he's, you know, he's not a 20 goal a season striker either. And, and it's like, yeah, it, it's a it's a really tough one, but you know we you're quite right. It's about using the squad the best we can, and if and if Edward for seventy minutes and then Mateta off the bench gets us gets us the goal, then that's a that's a good way of doing it. And we've already seen that uh, that Edward can do that impact role as well because his debut was of course coming on, and I think that was his first touch uh, that he scored one of two goals against Spurs. Yeah, so. Yeah. You know, it may well be actually that that's his role is is coming in as the clinical striker for twenty minutes at the end. But you know, who knows? Let's give him some time to start and see how it works out. It's a shame he didn't keep that goals per minute rate up. To be honest with you, because um, I think he'd have scored several hundred goals by now if he'd done yeah. that. And so, <laughs> frankly, it's a travesty. Um, Here we come. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, um, but next up, um, oh, so asked, uh, Chris, I asked you the, that question, so I'm going to ask Cara this one. Unlucky, we can't talk about it. So we talked about Jeffrey Schlupp last week. Oh, right? no, don't make me do Schluppy again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like, I, 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 honestly, it's not going to go the way that you might expect. Um, I, I just, you know, obviously, again, a player I talk about a lot, and I, and I always feel like it's important that I do so people know that I'm not – you know, these aren't things I say just for the sake of it. You know, I hold the opinions I hold. I'm prepared to discuss them and debate them and all that kind of stuff. And but what I thought was interesting um, throughout the course of the week, and I know Dr. picked it up, um, you know, for talk talk on both his you know his socials and and on the YouTube account because it was the stati- most statistically similar player to Gallagher. You know, when we're looking for a Gallagher replacement in the entire Premier League, statistically that is is Jeffrey Schlupp, which I found very amusing um, because it both highlights that statistics aren't don't quite tell the full story, but it also shows that in the stuff that you don't really think about and the stuff that doesn't really get the attention, you know, Jeffrey Schlupp does actually deliver pretty much the exact same thing that Conor Gallagher delivers. Um, so for me, it actually gives me that opportunity to highlight what I think, you know, why I have such a hard time with, with Jeffrey Schlipp. And, you know, in this game, I, I felt a little sorry for him because look, he's playing in a deeper role. He's actually playing it really well. He's, you know, he's doing a really good job. I still hold a very strong belief that, you know, if we have the ambitions that we have, we need to have a better option than starting Jeffrey Schlupp in central midfield. And that's not supposed to be disrespectful. It's just, again, that's another thing of like the Ward-Klein situation where I think we have to look for for more natural, better players in those positions. But you have to respect the job that he does. And I think it didn't help early on when he missed the header for me because, I mean, you can see by his face and his reaction, you get a completely free header in the penalty area in the Premier League. as And a player with that ability that he has... And, you know, he scored headers before. To mistime that header that badly was was inexplicable. So he'd, he'd rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit. And then, uh, as you know, from, from baiting me during the game, Cara, on, um, <laughs> on the back of the S WhatsApp chat, when he put the goal away, I was like, you, 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 would you send me the eyes or something? Yeah, the my res- eyes. My, yeah, my response was not as measured as it is on the podcast, should we say, uh, it was. Should we? I'm going to give you the the version of my response that I would like to put across, which was, you know, that's the first thing he's really done right all game. Um, was basically what I said, wasn't it? Right, that's roughly it. <laughs> yeah, if you put it through Google Translate in about five different languages, that might be what you get out at the end. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, and uh, you know, it was it was a shame it was disallowed, but you know, in all honesty, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that. The job he's doing in there is is extremely important right now. We don't have that many other options. I personally would still 100% put Will Hughes in there, and I enjoyed the little cameo that Hughes had. Um, and he was doing a thing that I think I would just like to see Schlupp do more, um, and that is, you know, back himself with the ball at his feet, play, you know, play that forward pass with a bit more assurance, and I just run with the ball. Decore does it, runs with the ball. You know, doesn't really give it away, and and just he's prepared to. If there's a gap, he'll run into it. Whereas Jeffrey Slope is always looking to just to move the ball on, and there's a real value in that. But when you have the ability that he has on the ball, and the pace that he has, 
Uh, and the, the creativity that he has, he plays within himself so much. And I find it really hard to watch at times. So that was my point as an update to last week. Chris, thoughts? What a player. What a player, King Jeff. Um, delighted to um, see him slot that um, chance away. Um, outraged. And we're, we're, we'll obviously talk about the reasons. reasons well, in go into that after the, after this yeah. uh, bizarre soliloquy. We'll, we'll come um, on to the so-called yeah, yeah, reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, you know, he cemented his reputation. Um, they even talked about it on the highlight commentary uh, about, you know, he may not score huge numbers of goals, but when he does, they're important ones. Um, that was one that started to signal the turning point in that match for me. Um, yes, we, you know, had had a period of dominance, but, and in a way, I, th- I think it also reflects, and I, w- I will acknowledge that while my lionization of this player um, is, you know, part <laughs> the enjoyment of the fact that you don't lionize him in quite the same way as me, um, you know, he's become a hero to me, but that song, um, you know, which expresses um, the act of the tune of the Akadu song, and I won't go into all the words, um, but it talks about how he doesn't get everything right, um, but he is keeping Palace up. I mean, that's no longer the level of our aspiration, of course. But the point is, you know, he's he's it's the Akurits egg, a mixed uh, level of performance. That header was not as good as the finish that we saw later on, but we know that he can do that. And I understand the frustration sometimes when he doesn't. I again would say, same as what we've just said about uh, Edouard and Mateta, you know, Hughes came on to the pitch late on when other players were tired. If Hughes starts and we, we see Jeff Schlupp come on with 15 minutes to go, he is a fast player. And I can see him scoring some sucker punch goals, uh, putting those chances away. Uh, I'm definitely not uh, in the camp of any any kind of camp that would say that Will Hughes shouldn't play. I, I like Will Hughes as well. I'm just a big fan, fan of King Jeff and, you know, long may he reign. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to leave it at this. I was watching the game with, with my partner and she, she kept looking at me and saying, why do you hate Jeffrey Schlupp so much? Because she has him in her fantasy league team to annoy me. Um, and I was like, I don't hate him. And I said, look, you know, this is what I'd say. I said, look, he may not score very many goals. He may not play forward passes too much he may lose track of players you know in defensive positions on more regular occasions than others uh he may not make forward you know decisive forward runs on a regular basis and then i just stop because i think it's funny to not finish with an actual point and just say all those things to be fair, that is quite funny. It's quite um, an amusing thing to do, isn't it? I've done it probably three times to her now. She's stopped liking it. Chris, I was just going to leave you in absolute silence there just to see how long you'd sit there in silence after that punchline, haven't they? <laughs> um, if I could uh, just say, I mean, on on this debate, it's clearly going to be one that continues. So, you know, if you're Team Chris on this or if you're Team Chris on this, Come back yeah. to back of the nest for future shot yeah. mates. Let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. Yeah, do a poll. If, you're, if, you're, if you're if you're with me, hashtag Team Chris. If you're with Chris, hashtag Team Chris. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a landslide one way or another. <laughs> I just want to see it. I just want to see that debate. Um, you know, so to get in contact, you can, you know, on 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 Twitter, on Instagram, on. Uh, there's TikTok apparently. I deleted the app, but we're on there. Um, uh, you know, and all the other things. Email if you if you're that way inclined. If you're like me and you're, you're 
you're at the, f- the forefront of technological advances and you want to be on email, get yourself on email, sign up with an AOL account and, uh, you know, me- message us uh, on the information superhighway. <laughs> you could always drop some um, feedback forms into your local Waitrose for Hambo to pick up as well. Yeah, well, exactly. I'll, um, <laughs> I'm always visiting a Waitrose, so uh, I'll, I'll sure I'll pick those up mean right um look, I, I don't think we can get too far into goal analysis i'm we've already been talking way longer than i intended uh, and it's mostly my fault so look let's just obviously we could have done better with a goal we conceded it was a long ball over the top um chris reminded me it was gay who got caught under it i couldn't quite remember if it was anderson or gay because i've had a chance to watch highlights back but you know uh bottom line it was uh it was a something we shouldn't really have got caught out by but credit to the team uh and particular credit to to wilfred zaha because we you know we didn't let it get to us we we got ourselves back into our rhythm we played to our game plan and you know wilf's first goal was just it's just excellent you know it was it was as good a finish as the finish against liverpool um he looks really clinical in that position now and let's just talk you know as quick as we can because you know we, we've talked about Wilf and his brilliance a lot, I guess, but you know, that's he's, he's, I'd say probably at the peak of his powers right now, Cara, would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, and I think um, a huge part of that, I was going to say most, but maybe not most, but the huge part of that is down to what we were discussing last week. Um, and that Patrick pointed out is just how happy he seems to be. Um, and I think not just Wilf, but I think we're seeing, uh, last season, we saw a lot of kind of individual performances that maybe weren't quite linking up as a team until later on. Um, and this season, I think what we've started to see is like absolutely brilliant individual performances, but all playing into the same um, kind of uh, um, what exactly the roles that they've been asked to play and playing into the team performance. And Wilf is absolutely leading from the front on that. He he just has so much confidence. He feels like he's got the well. Obviously, I don't know this because I don't talk to him, but it looks like he feels like he's got the backing of the manager, the team, the the fans, like everyone's behind him. And that's just coming out in the kind of creativity and confidence that we're we're seeing him execute every week. Absolutely right. And, you know, it's a, it's another two goals for him, Chris. Um, the second goal, of course, was a was a penalty. Um, did you have some degree of sympathy for the for the? I mean, obviously not in terms with your Palace hat on, but in a general sense, if it wasn't a Steven Gerrard managed team and it wasn't the horrible people at Villa, if it, you know, when you look at a penalty being given like that and you think up the other end, I I might not be too happy with that because you know he's he's jumped and when you jump, you don't jump with your arms by your side, you jump with them out as a lever, you know, and it's it's very close to him, but. You know, the, the referees had a look. They've said it's in an unnatural position and we, we get the penalty. So, you know, what were your thoughts? Well, I'm famously uh, unbiased on Yeah, that's things. true. That's um, true. And, yeah. uh, but I'm actually obviously not remotely unbiased. What I am is consistent in generally taking a view that when officials have a chance to get a decision wrong uh, and to uh, make it in a way that doesn't favour Palace, they will take that opportunity. Uh, immensely frustrating uh, when it's given against us. In this case, I mean, it is unfair, but that's that's the way that the rules work, and it would get given against us. In you know, it, in this case, it got given against them. Um, I didn't see, you know, you couldn't really see that incident from from our angle. Um, I thought it was just a straightforward, you know, corner to us or goal kick situation, um, probably a corner to us. 
and then you know slowly the ripple came around the ground of all oh, they're reviewing something and we we had no idea what it was at first and then you know it came up handball people were looking on their phones there was stuff on the screen it's got better i will say since the experience of var and what a farce it was at first uh it's now done at least reasonably efficiently uh yeah, yeah i'd be annoyed if it was given against my team but um you know th- these things are done frankly relatively consistently now which is we all know that if if you jump and your arm is even half out and the ball hits it and that it definitely was ball to hand it wasn't even a hand it was an arm ball to arm um yeah. it gets given and that's that's what happens as long as it's consistent i don't mind even though it does feel a bit unfair as you say yeah, I think, I mean, look, we, we, we won't talk about it for very long as well, because I know a lot of people saw the, the lines being drawn for the offside decision against Edward when, when Schlupp took, took the ball away. And you look at that and everybody knows it, that's not offside. No one would call that offside. No defender would appeal for that being offside because, you know, the feet the feet are basically behind the body's general. Like the, if you look at, you consider like an average position, if you like, they're basically level and no one, no one really cares. No one would think that's worth, giving offside for there's no advantage being gained in any way there the ball was going straight to him so it just seems an absolute travesty that we're even having a discussion about that being an offside when no one was appealing for it no one wanted it and it's a completely unjust way of of disallowing a goal and a complete waste of a decision you know it's a waste of VAR and then you look at this one and you're like this is again technology being used so something is, is arguably factually correct. So it's arguably factually correct to disallow the goal um, that Jeffrey Schlupp scored, and it's arguably factually correct to give the decision for handball against um, against Lucas uh, Dina. But neither of those things felt right to me, and that's why VAR doesn't get the, the backing it deserves. But I did enjoy the fact that was it Villa were singing about VAR, weren't they, when when the goal got disallowed? And then later on, they faced the full wrath of VAR, um, which amused me. Um, I well, do want to make, to to make be, just to make it balanced. Sorry, uh, the chance of um, fuck VAR were ringing out from the Palace end, and myself and Chris Clark's girlfriend uh, added on a little "unless it helps" caveat into the chant, yeah. which we found really amusing at the time, and yeah. then found it even more amusing when we got to sing it when it did really help us getting that penalty. <laughs> Well, not only is that validation, but you can take full credit for it, I believe. That's how Thank that works. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, Steve Sheffield, actually, um, talking about the penalty decision, said, how funny was it that Wilf managed to piss Martinez off with a look just after scoring his second goal? Shithousery of the highest order. Really enjoyed that. If, again, if you didn't see it, it was really great to see. Just gave him a look. Didn't Just didn't know. Nothing said. Just glared at him because, you know, he, first of all, I guess he did save the penalty. And, but, uh, yeah, there, there'd obviously been some uh, some some reaction there. To his credit, went back and apologised to him later, um, which was, which is again, as a an example of the new mature Wilf. And I did want to make what reference to one other example of that, which was early on in the game, Wilf was taken out a few times, obviously by a few players, rotational fouling going on a lot. Um, but you know, Wilf under Vieira, he seems to have found this, uh, you know, with the support of a of a player, you know, a former player of that magnitude, a manager who gets him and builds a team around him to some degree. You know, Wilf seems to be able to to better channel himself. And there was no better example that I've seen of when Matty Cash had just absolutely hacked him down and the ref had given him a, like a final warning. And Wilf just, you could see him just saying to the ref, like, how is that not a yellow card? And the ref has explained himself. And Wilf just, 
sort of does a really obvious kind of yep yep okay then okay fine fine like you know now we'll see now we'll see what's going to happen kind of reaction like you've you've made me angry now see what you're going to get and from that moment he was already terrorizing but from that moment the focus was absolutely incredible and he just he took it so like it was like his personal mission to show their defense up time and time again and that was it you know that was if if there was a moment that they the villa kind of secured the defeat for themselves it was that uh, you know third or fourth terrible challenge in a row by by cash that just just got Wilf absolutely focused and on his game and, and just did us a huge favour. So I really wanted to, to draw attention to that and, you know, applaud Wilf once more for, for something so fantastic. And, you know, we're, we're so lucky to have him, at, you know, the, the 29-year-old Wilf uh, playing in our side because he's he's one of the best players in the division, in my view. Um, so, look, Mateta got the third great finish and, and obviously quick nod towards... Um, Mitchell for his for his cross and I also want to say you know Tyreek had a had a difficult end to last season um, and even I'd say in the Arsenal game he had a bit of a torrid time in that but you know both the Liverpool game and and the, this game against Villa you know the focus the one-on-one defending was really top quality um, I was really really happy to see it and and the cross he's capable of that that level of delivery which was phenomenal and that's again it's a it's a big reason Mateta's got the goal is is the quality of delivery he gets himself in the box we know he's going to be there but he could, couldn't really do much else other than finish that it was just a beautiful delivery so credit to Tyreek um oh there's so much I'd want to talk about so you get you get one opportunity to talk about a player of note uh, you could pick one of the two I've mentioned um Kara, uh, I'll start with you. You've, you can either go with Enzo, as we're now saying. Um, I've, 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 I've put too many R's, that's why I pronounced it like that, but Ezra, or you could go with Decore, or performance of note of your choice. Sorry, I'm going to go Mateta. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I could do either of those, but um, I just absolutely, absolutely love Mateta so much. Um, and uh, Chris Clark mentioned it earlier on, but to just be able to come on, and it kind of ties a little bit into what we were saying about Edward. You know, I feel like Mateta's really got the hang of... Um, the fact that he's probably not going to be playing 90 minutes every single week. So, you know, how does he manage to keep his confidence such that he can come on and do the job that he needs to do without necessarily, you know, having that team built around him or whatever. Um, and I just love how much fun he has. I love how how much he interacts with the crowd. Um, I think just going off the back of what a good feel that game was, um, that player for me just encapsulates what a player... Um, how a player can really endear themselves to fans, even if they're not kind of top scorer or playing every minute of every game. Um, and it's just an excitement when he comes on and uh, yeah, just a, a joy to a joy to watch. And this game was just perfect for him. Fantastic stuff, Chris. Well, you get to pick one of those two or a player of your choice. And you've, you've well, already I, spoken about Jeffrey Schlupp. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave, leave King Jeff out. He's had enough encomiums for today. Um, as you say, Ezra, I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm still getting over the fact that we've been saying it wrong for so long. Um, as, as Mike uh, Scott of this parish encouraged us to say apologies, uh, Ebra, for getting your name wrong for two years. Um, what a game from him. I mean, I, I was expressing my uh, concerns about whether he was yet back to being the player that he was. 
a couple of weeks ago when I was last on the show. Uh, well, I mean, he's as good, if not better, than he has been in a Palace shirt in this game. The commentator on the um, highlights on the Palace TV said at one point that he was playing like Dennis Bergkamp, which is praise indeed. Uh, the only other thing, I mean, there's nothing more you can say really. It was a, a, an absolutely superlative performance. He, according to WhoScored.com, he was the second best player on the pitch after the Aston Villa goalkeeper, uh, which I, I find curious. Um, but the the other thing I just wanted to say was what a pleasure it was to see Elise come on for a bit as well. And yeah, this was a really stunningly great, enjoyable performance. And with every sign that Elise is going to be back in this team as well, we've got a really exciting season to look forward to. Absolutely agree with that, and uh, that's, that's a great summary. And I did talk about Dakure a, a bit earlier on, but I will just, you know, just to reinforce that point. When you look at um, a player who's playing his his third game for pa- third professional game for Palace, um, and you know, coming with a you know fairly big reputation, and it was something that you know, he was linked with us for for a fair while, and clearly somebody that we'd we'd done our homework on. But even then, even knowing what we kind of knew about him when he joined and, and how much the, you know, the manager and the coaching staff and the director of football and, and all that had really wanted to get him in, he's still so much more of a better, a better player than I thought he would be. I cannot believe we've got this guy. Um, and, you know, my, my prediction is sadly that we will we will really have to work to hold on to him. When you look at a team like, and I hate to say it, but you look like a team like Chelsea who are going to have to look to replace Kante soon, um, you know, he's, he's, the exact, he's the exact same player with, with probably even more uh, ability, um, you know, sorry, not ability, more potential to, to get even better than that. You know, he is absolutely unflappable on the ball. You know, his, his anticipation is probably... The, the best I've seen in a central midfield player. It's he just seems to be in that right place. He seems to get a foot in, and he's not even fully up to the pace of the, the league yet. It's in, he is an incredible footballer, um, and I cannot wait to see him get even better in a Palace shirt. I think he stays fit all season. We've got a, a you know really big chance of doing great things. Um, I just have to pause because the cat's being really cute and he's blinking at me. Hi, hi, Kitty. Hi, Wesley. You're doing right. well there, Humbo. That that is a sign of affection from a cat. They blink at you to tell you they trust you. Yeah, he's sort of lying, lying sideways, blinking at me. Anyway, um, yeah. So, <laughs> Decore, fantastic player. Uh, can't wait to see more. We'll have to leave the re- the review of the game there. There was obviously a lot more to talk about. You could sit there. I mean, the extended highlights on the Palace site are 17 minutes long. That's how good it was, you know. So, uh, but I want to touch on a few of the comments. A lot of these I'll just be reading because they're just people expressing their feelings, and um, you know, none more so than. Then Sam, who says, I'm struggling to remember a game I've enjoyed watching more, even on a completely legal dodgy stream, which we'll never never endorse, obviously. I've never seen such a confident Palace, Palace side. I'm sure can't read it. Let me try that again. I've never seen such a confident Palace side. The controlled possession once we're ahead uh, is something that Vieira has built so much good. Ty's first time cross, Wilf as a dot, dot, dot. Uh, Sam, eulogising about a wonderful performance there, and by far not alone dazed pinhead said i can't remember the last time i left selhurst park feeling so happy and elated a brilliant display um which is again 
you know, echoed in so, so many comments. We can't get to them all. I'm so sorry, but we'll get to as many as we can. And I'll give some, some nods to some other people as well. Um, I'm basically on the, the subject I was just talking about, Andy Hode, um, our favorite um, Twitter handle of Andy the Twat 1992, says how quickly Decoure looks to have settled into life in the Premier League. Very impressed. I think you can see I am as well, Andy. Um, I say as a is a vibe. That's um, okay. I say as it is a vibe. Um, I said, how does Gerard spin that game as an unlucky loss? It wasn't as laughable as Lampard from the FA Cup, but it's not far off. They had chances too, but hardly ever the better team. I think we've addressed that already, but completely agree there. It's just bizarre. So I'm going to ask this question, and uh, whoever speaks first can answer it. Um, it's from Pethos, who says, what's wrong with Gyro? Hodgson didn't fancy him. Vieira neither. Two keepers on the bench and still no Gyro. Yeah, don't all rush at once. My God, um, <laughs> um, I mean, I wish I could answer that. I, I, I sympathise with the reason why you're asking it, Pethos, because at the very least, you'd have thought he merits a place on the bench. Um, I, I think I can understand that. You know, if Vieira doesn't fancy him as well, he's the one who he's accountable for the results. He's got to pick the players who he thinks he can trust to do a job, and you know, presumably, uh, he isn't. Picking Gyro for that reason, he's he has previously praised Gyro for the work that he's done with the younger players. So you know it's clearly not an attitudinal thing, but uh, you know very sadly, I do think that probably you know the time has come for Gyro to move on, and you know I hope that you know he gets the success he deserves at another club because. I've enjoyed the you know most of the times I didn't enjoy the time he didn't realise he needed to jump in the uh, uh, when he was playing as a, a part of the back four under uh, Frank de Boer. But other than that, I think he's had some good times for us. You know, just not ever fulfilled his potential, sadly. But yeah, I, I can't get it. I don't, just don't understand. I think again, though, it's just it's that thing about just because he's not kind of fitting into what we're doing at the moment it doesn't mean that, that he's not considered good enough like he's just not fitting into what we're doing at the moment um and so yeah it probably is time for him to to kind of move on and go somewhere where he can fit in and and so that he has the opportunity to um fulfill his potential but it, it's probably not they don't think he's a good player it's just that like where are you who are you taking out to fit him into what we're trying to do at the moment um thinking that he would do a better job I'm not sure I'm not sure I would no, it's tough. I'll be honest. I think that I mean there must there has to be something in there. Um, you know, there's, he's had lots of praise for his his attitude in training and the way he talks with the younger players. But you know, there has to be something there. There has to be something that the that, that coaching staff and manager are, are you know are, are seeing that just means that they don't have that that trust in him. And you know, in the Premier League, we have a very large bench has been been observed, and he doesn't get near it half the time. So. Um, that's probably not quite true half the time, but you know what I mean? He's, he's very rarely that he comes off the bench. Um, you know, he's, he's very much a squad player, um, and somebody we might use in a, one or two positions in an emergency, but he has completely drifted off the radar for someone I thought would be, you know, a fixture in that midfield. And you think about the attributes he has and what we've seen, you know, and when he's been, and he's had a run of games, you think, Actually, he could he could play in there. He could be alongside Dakure and, and Eze in the midfield. He could play if Dakure's out. He could play in that position. Probably, obviously, nowhere near as good. But you know what I mean. He has the attributes there. He can tackle. He can pass. He can run. He's deceptively quick. But there's there must be some reason that that he's not trusted. Um, and it, and it does feel odd because you just forget. 
you forget that he's there. And I suppose, you know, we, we just don't get to see enough of him play football to be able to fully judge what those deficiencies are. And, and you know, maybe someone can get in touch and who, who's watched him a, a bit closer than we have and can pick out those reasons that he doesn't play him. And, you know, where does he lack and what is it about the, his approach to football in the Premier League that don't really combine? Because it's, it's hard to know. So it was a really good question and I don't think we know fully what the answer is. But thanks for that, uh, Pethos. So last couple now before we wrap up the show. Um, so Martin Davies said, I thought we played really well, but Elise needs more game time. And following on from that, Daniel Babington-Brown said, fast forward a month, wouldn't it be nice to have Aaron Wan-Bissaka and Elise on the right to complement Mitchell and Zaha on the left? And I and I sort of hinted back at this um, sorry, hinted forward to this probably uh, earlier on in the show where I sort of compared that that side, um, the, the Mitchell and Zaha side to the, to the right with Ward and, and Ayu. And, and I do feel that if you think about Elise, Elise is definitely an upgrade on Ayu. And I think he would be playing if it wasn't for, for the injury pre-season. Um, just got to get back up to full fitness. And I think, you know, Jordan's got a real fight on his hand to, to keep that place other in other than in games where we really need a kind of more defensive player on that side. Um, Cause obviously IU probably starts in those positions, but you know, if wan was to re-sign and I think, you know, from by all accounts, it's something that, you know, we, we would be interested in if it could happen um, for the right value, for the right contract. It's very, very complex and difficult deal to do. It could happen. You know, Man United, are prepared to get rid. You see, it's not necessarily fancied there. His form has dropped. You know, we are we are an option, but I think it's a very difficult thing to do in a way that would work for us. You know, people need to remember we've worked really hard to get those wages down. Um, and what you don't do is then go and bring one player in who changes everything, and and everybody else then looks and thinks, "Oh, tell you what." Um, why am I earning 40 grand a week less than that guy, you know? So you, you, do, you do have to bear that in mind. Um, so tough one. Um, and finally, um, Tony King, um, and Chris, I'm sure you'll agree with this based on your, your comments earlier, saying no more Eze is getting back to his best chat. He's playing better now than he ever has. And um, I thought, when I read that, I thought, you know, strong words. But actually, that performance... It's certainly the the best we've seen from him in a long, long time. Um, but really growing into that that central role as well. Because if you think his best performances for us previously were, you know, playing out on the left and, and drifting inside and you know running past people really easily. But it's just the strength he had in that in in the Villa game. A couple of times just sh- shrugging off challenges and you know the quick feet. It was just it was just wonderful to see. So we're very much in agreement with you there, Tony. So I think I better wrap wrap it up there. Um, so um, thank you so much, first of all, to Cara, Chris, um, and also for Mikey producing the show today. Um, thank you for listening, and, and everybody who got in touch. I know there's not didn't get to everybody's uh, messages. Uh, there's a particularly really good email from Jerry. Nice, nice, nice points made, eulogising further about Palace's performance, but unfortunately didn't get to that. But thanks for that, Jerry, in particular. And thanks to everyone else who got in, ch- in touch. It does help us put this show together every week. Makes my life putting the document together much, much easier. So it's appreciated. Uh, you've got the preview team back with you in midweek, of course. Uh, they'll be looking back at Tuesday night's game against Oxford in the Cup and then looking ahead to a tricky trip to Manchester. 
City, um, you know, done well recently against them, but it's going to be a tough ask there to set back to Bay as well, which um, will probably make them very, very keen to bounce back. So, uh, but we'll be back to review that game um, soon, well, probably the day after. So, until then, thanks very much, and come on, you palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.